Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm Russell Hartman, as always, and joining me this week is Kevin Krupe and John Luke Shapiro. The trio is together. How are you guys doing on this fine day? Go ahead, Kevin. Go first. I speak to oh, you. I was waiting on you. I was being a gentleman. <laughs> oh, uh, so it's great. You know, you said the trio's back, so I'm happy about that. How are you, JL? I I am good. I'm uh, I'm here. I'm alive. The Rangers haven't killed me yet. I think it's a success. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I consider that a pretty good success. I, I think so. So. <laughs> The Rangers have not had the easiest time recently in terms of, uh, you know, actually winning hockey games. But, I mean, when you look at the overall picture of things, this recent stretch isn't the worst thing. JL, you've been watching all these games. We all have. I want your thoughts on this first. This recent struggle, is this who we thought they were? Is this what this team is? This what this team is or are they playing worse than how they can play? Uh, this team is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, if I said that correctly, uh, they, I mean, it's a, it, it's weird because this is not a bad team, but then they're also not that great at the same time. You know, I mean, it's, it's, they have, you know, talent there. It's just, they need something to glue it together. So you get a lot of nights where everything is just kind of all over the place. Like, uh, what was it? They were playing, oh my gosh, it was one of the games against, um, the Columbus game that I might have referenced before, uh, the game against Pittsburgh, uh, the game against the, um, you know, the, the, the Islanders, you know, the, 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 the one that they lost, you know, I mean, just like it's, it's inconsistent everywhere all around the season, you know, so it's just their recent struggles. I'll say this. They've had a lot of good moments, but you can tell this team isn't 
the best, but they're not the worst either. This team's a lot worse, and that could kind of go against their favor. But you know, I don't know. It's just kind of a big boondoggle or quagmire, whatever fancy word you want to use. Uh, it's just they're kind of in limbo. You don't really know what they are. You know, so. Yeah, and it's really strange because, you know, a lot of people in the beginning of the season thought this team was dead to rights. And, you know, they had that great stretch of 9-1-1 and a few months ago. People thought, oh, maybe this team can, you know, maybe they're better than we thought they were. But I think this recent stretch has proved uh, too, too much inconsistency. Uh, guys were playing a little above their level earlier in the season. Uh, you're seeing some of the rookies hit a little bit of a wall. Uh, I just think that it's kind of the perfect storm and it's hitting at a time when Jeff Gordon's going to have to make some decisions. Uh, you know, Kevin Hayes, Matt Zuccarello, Chris Kreider, the three of them are, are going to keep coming up until we hit the deadline, which is just a few weeks out. And, you know, you really gonna, they're going to have to take a hard look at this team and figure out what those three are worth, if those three are worth trading, which I personally think they are, and what exactly they want back from a contending team. So, Kevin, my question to you is, who do you think goes first? And besides that, what do you think they should target in any potential trades? Do you think they need more picks? Do you think they need some prospects that already have some high pedigree, or do you want some roster players for the team going forward? Well, it really depends on, you know, who they're trading. So if you're trading Matt Zuccarello, you know, he's not having the best of year. You can – a lot of people are saying you can get what Grabner got, like, you know, a mid-tier prospect and, like, a second or third-round pick for him. Um, you know, others, pe- other people could just say, you know, it's just who he's playing with. He could just be on a cold streak. Now he had three assists in yesterday's game against Carolina. So, you know, maybe that it's sparking it. Maybe it's just, you know, he needs to come back from his injury. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy. So you could see, you know, as we get closer to ne- next month's trade deadline, what really he's worth. But, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Gordon goes for prospects that are more NHL-ready than picks. Because, you know, a lot of these picks, you know, 17, 18-year-olds, guys who've committed to college like Andrew Miller, you know, maybe he wants to streamline the process and really consider it a retool, not a rebuild. But if you trade someone like Kevin Hayes, you've got to get a first-round pick. You've got to get a high-level prospect because he's playing out of his mind this year. He's a center. Those are valuable. He can fit into any really team that he wants to. You know, he's a big, big body. You know, he wins the occasional face-off. He's not the best at it, but he does. And, you know, he, he's good on defense. Uh, some people like not know will like to admit it but you know it depends on the player and I feel really feel like Jeff Gordon's going to go for the prospects over the picks this year but you know we, let's not be surprised when we have four, four first round picks three three four first round picks so yeah we'll and, see. it's just it, it just depends on how this next month goes this next month and a half yeah and to my point to counter you I think that he might go for more picks because the 19 draft is pretty deep with forwards whereas a lot of people mm-hmm. saw the 18 draft as being pretty deep with puck movers. This is the draft for forwards and centers to really make their mark. So, I mean, if Jeff sees some guys he likes, and the scouting staff has seen some people that they like, uh, you know, you got to kind of get those picks. Uh, moving back to JL here, you know, or are we getting to that point, do you think, in the season where we can say, okay, this team is going to have a top five pick? Do you think so, or do you think that there's more in the tank than we, than we think there can be with them? Well, it's it's only January, so I mean, last year the team. I think at this point last year the team was still kind of you know gunning for it, but I think uh, no, there's definitely a lot more left for them to quote unquote tank. And when I mean tank, I mean completely fall off a cliff. Um, <laughs> it, it just it see it seems to me that they want to win. They just there's no coherent or cohesive kind of. Um, 
uh, uh, they're not like a cohesive unit when they play. Like, for example, the other night against Carolina, even though they won that game and they actually looked very good, uh, games like yesterday or, you know, the day before, whenever this goes out, sorry, people who are listening in the future and have no idea what I'm saying, um, <laughs> you know, you look at the look at for example when Mark Stahl and Brett Howden were back on defense. Uh, Mark Stahl fed him a weird pass, and and Howden kind of missed it. So you can just tell that there's something a little off. So yes, they can definitely either go down on the tank or actually play well like they did yesterday. It's just they don't really have the talent to sustain it. So now if you want to go on to trades, you look at guys like uh, Kevin Hayes has to get you a first. Okay. He's hurt. Yes, I know that. He's hurt now, and he, he hasn't played in a little bit, but he's had a very solid season, and we've said it on the show many times that he will, probably won't be able to keep that type of play up you know, for another couple of seasons or so. So you get what you can for him. Zuccarello will probably get you. If Matt Zuccarello gets you a Grabner type of deal, then that you're you're probably the greatest GM of all time if that's the case. Because it could probably end up getting you more if you think about it. Because Grabner, although Zuccarello was struggling, Grabner was arguably the Rangers' point producer, you know, top point producer at the time. So if he was able to get a second and a defensive prospect, you can dupe a team like a stupid GM team like <clears throat> Edmonton or another team that's <laughs> kind of dumb, and you can con them. Don't get me wrong. I love Zook. We All of us here can agree. We all love Zuccarello. But at the end of the day, he just doesn't fit here anymore, and I hate to have to say that because earlier on I was advocating for him to be the captain of this team. But it's just you can tell he's either being affected by something or the game is just starting to catch up to him. He's starting to get up there and age a little bit. And I, I love the guy. So if you get a chance to move Hayes, move Zuccarello, and, and move a couple of other bodies for picks and potential prospects, my goodness, you are in prime position to pretty much fill up more of your system with a deep prospect pool. Exactly. And the best teams and the teams that have been winning the Stanley Cups recently, they're teams that have a deep prospect pool, teams that can draw from them, teams that don't always need to make that trade or go to free agency to get what they need. You just reach down to your farm system, someone comes right in and fills the gap. Now, Mm -hmm. I mean, going forward here, you guys are right. Kevin Hayes needs to fetch his team a first-round pick and more. And, you know, you can bring up trades like the Martin Hansel trade that the Wild did a few years ago. You know, Kevin Hayes is younger, better, and the Wild – really gave up way too much and we're kind of fleeced by the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, even go, look back to last year with Rick Nash at the deadline. The Bruins gave up way too much for Rick Nash. But, they, you well, know, that's what contenders get desperate. Wants, though. You, you, got, you got to give up more to get someone with that value. And that's why we might I agree more for Zuccarello because, you know, Grabner's great. You know, he was a bona fide third-line winger and, you know, he could slot into where you need him to. But Zuccarello is a top-six winger. He's a playmaker. He could set up your guys that, you know, that want Absolutely. That are, you know, the point producers. So, you know, you have him on the right wing. He's going to feed you passes in the slot all day. Now, with Grabner, he's just going to speed down. So, you know, GMs are going to look at this and see, you know, he's got a good shot. He could play the penalty kill. He could play the power play. And you might end up getting a first-round pick for him. You might only get a first-round pick and maybe, like, some low-level prospect. But a first-round pick is a lot better than a second. First-round pick is a first-round pick, you know, and I, and I, yeah, I agree no, with you. you know, I and agree. then you can always flip it. Yeah. And honestly, I think that I'm, I'm in the camp of that if a, if a contender offers you a first and they say, we'll give you the first or we'll give you a second and a prospect, I'm taking the first because firsts are way Absolutely. more valuable in the league nowadays. And, you know, the Rangers are playing pretty bad recently, but going forward, yes, people love to talk about the tank. People love to say, oh, this team needs to play bad. But 
the Rangers aren't good, and I don't think they're purposely tanking. It's not as if they're dumping guys in their lineup that shouldn't be there. There's guys in that lineup who, you know, Mika Zibanejad's a good player. Chris Carter's a good player. Kevin Hayes is a good player. Matt Zuccarello is a good player. Butch Nevitz has been showing flashes of what he could do, and he plays with good people. It's not as if the team is throwing out the Hartford Wolfpack every night. The team is throwing out who they have, and they're showing that they just don't have what it takes, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because it shows management what they need going forward. And don't get me wrong, David, David Quinn's not there to lose. He's Like he said in the beginning of the year, I'm here to win games. And, you know, he's trying to put out a winning lineup every night, even if that means Pavel Buchnevitz and Brett Howden play the fourth line. He wants to see who's good enough to, you know, really take this team forward. But, you know, he really is showcasing the better players, especially a lot of people don't want it. But Jesper Fats is touching a lot of interest, too. You know, you can get something decent for him because he is that, you know, that five-tool player that you really want in your lineup, that guy who could play every, you know, purposeful minute that you need him to. Well, this yeah, is exactly honestly, what we were, uh, we were talking about uh, on all of the podcasts before, and this is exactly what we kind of wanted. You know, we wanted to – because if you look at what happened with Vigneault last year, you can kind of sense that the team was defeated. And mm-hmm. even going Absolutely. to the even going to the games last year, you know, I, I repeated, I, I've said it before on the podcast, you know, and I'll, I'll say it again. I went to a lot of games last year. Like this is the first time in a while I've actually I was able to uh, attend a lot of games at the Garden, and I got to see how they were before the 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 blow up and after the blow up. And one thing I noticed that you had select players play well here and there. Like Kevin Hayes played pretty well towards the end. Jimmy VC played very well. I really think he's starting to fill out as well. But the one thing you noticed was just that there was no cohesiveness, and you can tell. A.V. was just kind of writing it out until he got fired. <laughs> but, you know, but if you, look at, if you look at the way these guys are playing, yeah, there's in, there were instances where they look aloof, but that's just because this team wasn't set up to win. So these guys don't know what they're really doing. There's a system in place that is definitely a little bit better defensively than last year's system. But it's just they're playing with a little more heart now. Like they're going into the corners a little more now. Like they're playing the, – the centers are more defensively responsible. Yeah, sure, the, defense unit, the defensive unit itself is probably a tire fire. But at the end of the day, it looks like they're a little more confident than they were last year because there would be games last season where they were already out of it after the first period. And, yes, yeah. we had some of those this year. But if you think about it, they're not – like what Kevin said, they're not trying to lose. It's just they're not that good. And that's not a bad yeah. thing because, again – It's not a bad thing. Everybody's absolutely getting, right. Yeah. Everything, everybody's getting upset, but you have to remember they – practically came out and said, this is what we're going to do so that we can get back to where we were before. Now, again, I thought that was great. I want to see them do that. So this is what we asked for. They, you don't want to see them purposely lose, but if they do lose, at least kind of have some effort in it, and maybe they'll hear there they'll win a couple of uh, good games here and there like they did against Carolina. For sure. And, you know, for those keeping watch of Tank Watch 2019 hashtag – Ottawa is currently leading Colorado in the third, and Philadelphia is currently beating Boston in the third. Both teams below us that we need to start winning some games. So that is some good that's, news. That's fantastic. And they're really down there, too. Exactly. So you notice we've been kind of keying on the future a little bit here, and that's kind of what the rest of this podcast is going to be about as well. This week, Corey Pronman of The Athletic and Craig Button of TSN Scouting both uh, revealed their prospect rankings. Uh, both had very interesting places for a bunch of Rangers prospects. We're going to break it down and discuss if they should actually be in those positions that they're in. So we'll start with Buttons, which has been the much more controversial one with fans, some analysts, uh, people that have been following the Rangers prospects, and basically 
guys who just do prospect stuff all year. Um, Craig Button, out of his top 50 prospects, remember, this is guys who have been drafted by NHL teams who aren't full-time yet. So not guys in the 19 draft, guys from like the 18 draft and uh, before who are um, NHL prospects but haven't broken into the league full-time, just to be just to make things clear for that. And his number one prospect of that list was Vitaly Kravtsov. Our own Vitaly Kravtsov was his number one prospect. He projects as being a lethal elite winger akin to the early version of Rick Nash when he used to play for the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is an extremely, extremely bit of high praise for the young Russian. Next on Button's list, he had Igor Shashirkin, obviously the czar, the goaltender who's going to take over when Henrik Lundqvist decides to hang him up number 10 on his top 50 rankings and rounding his uh, rankings out for Rangers at 28. He had Leas Anderson, who of course is our number one center for the Hartford Wolfpack and will hopefully will keep his development going with his minutes down there in Hartford. So Kravtsov one, Shashirkin 10, Anderson 28, pretty high praise for this, uh, you know, the organization and pretty high praise for the scouting staff for finding these three guys. So we're going to take a look and we're going to start with Kevin here. Kevin, do you think, Ooh that Tally Kravtsov is really the number one drafted prospect in the world. Well, I have to say yes, because I'm a Rangers fan. If I say no, I might get, you know, attacked on the streets. But, <laughs> look, look he, I, you know, I don't know if you watched the video with uh, Craig Button, but he said, look, he, this kid is playing in the KHL. It's not an easy feat. He's playing with men. You know, people kind of write it off because it is Russia, and, you know, it doesn't really match up with the NHL as much. But Tally Kravtsov is playing excellent he's playing you know top minutes you know he's, he's getting a little center work in you know you saw him at you know world juniors you saw him you know just play pretty well he played good hockey I think the I think a lot of people just write him off because you know he was picked a lot higher than everybody thought you know he was you know ranked lower and we, a lot of Rangers fans especially myself and you Russell were very angry that they chose Kratzoff over Walter mm-hmm. but now yeah kind of eating our words because Look how bad Wallstrom's doing. Look how good Kratzel's doing. So, well, not bad, but, you know, there's a, diff- a huge skill difference right here. You know, where, where is – I don't even know where Wallstrom is on this list, if he even is on the top 50. But He is not on Button's top 50. Well, there you go. That, that, that says it all. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see Sezjors can get some good recognition. You know, I've always been high on him. You know, I know he's going to come into New York and take over for Lundqvist when he retires. And he's, I, you know, I've always loved his game. I love the way he plays. And like Kratzoff, he plays in the KHL. He does play in a better team. But he's just, he's a big body. He, if you watch any of his highlights, he's just outstanding in that. It's just, you know, I guess the big thing is just to look forward for, uh, you know, Leas Anderson to see if he can actually get his game level up when he ba- he's back in the NHL. But he is yeah. in a log jam for center. And once, yeah, which is another reason why Kevin Hayes should be traded, but we've already discussed that a lot. Anyway. Yeah, we don't need to get so, a dead horse. JL, Vitaly Kravtsov, according to Craig Button, who is, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. He's one of TSN's big prospect guys. Ranks him as the number one prospect in the world. Leah Sanderson at 28, and you have Shashirkin at 10. Uh, do you think – that that rating is warranted, or do you think that that's a little high for Kravtsov? You know, this is going to sound obviously we're, it sounds like we're homers here, but I actually I'm going to have to agree. Craig Button is actually right on the button. 
Ha ha. Oh, man. Oh, you know what, guys? That's it. Podcast is over today. I don't know if we can go on. And then you play the Rangers goal horn, and then we're out. You guys walked right into that one. But let me tell you why I think Craig Button is right on. Okay. If you look at the players that he drafted, not only with his time with the Minnesota North Stars and the Dallas Stars, but also with Calgary, I mean, he was instrumental in probably getting uh, Jerome Ginland of the Flames, if I'm correct, or maybe he was, yeah, he actually drafted Ginland when he was with Dallas, and I think he ended up trading for him when he went to Calgary. Brendan Morrow, Jamie Langenbrunner, Yari Letton, and Darian Hatcher. These guys, they won Stanley Cups with the Stars, or they made it to the finals, and they, they did very well with the Stars. So Craig Button knows what he's talking about. Craig Button's one of those people where he kind of knows how what to look for players and how to find certain things in players and this and that and the fourth. And, you know, looking at Kratzov, a lot of people are against that list because you have to remember, the Rangers haven't had a player like this in a very long time. So it's kind of a little out of the ordinary to see New York Rangers guy at the top. New York Rangers guy at the top. You know, so if you think about it, it's kind of strange to see someone at number one. Now, you know, forbid we can end up being wrong and Kratzov is a bust, which, you know, knock on wood, I hope he's not. But if you have a lot of people, not only Craig Button and a lot of other people just gushing about this kid, and like what Kevin said, he's playing in Russia. In the KHL, you have different tiers in, in leagues. You know, you look at um, what was the name of the one of the captain of the Russian uh, junior team, Kirill Slepich, I think his name is. Right, uh, it's around the Kirk same Kirk, age. I, I believe so. I'm not yeah, totally Kirill up to date Slepich. on Russian prospects. But. Yeah. So this kid is the same age as this guy, or close to around that age. Maybe Kratsov is a little younger, but they're all in like the similar age range. And Slepitz is still playing in the lower minor leagues. I think he may have just been called up to the KHL, but he was playing in the lower minors in Russia for a very long time. Kratsov is a little younger, and they're throwing him out there to the pack of wolves, and he's produced. So it's nothing against Kirill Slepitz, but it's just that Vitaly Kratsov is really good. Like, I mean, it's... You know, and I'm not trying to gush over here, but it's like the Rangers really hit a home run with this pick, and I think Craig Button is right. Well, look... We'd all love nothing more than Vitaly Kravtsov to hit that ceiling that apparently he possesses. And he's been proving us all wrong all season that we were super wrong to, you know, hate on the, hate on the pick because he really could end up being the best forward out of that draft. And if he is, we really have a game breaker on our hands. So we, I mean, ultimately if button is right, it's, we, we should hope he's right <laughs> essentially. So, I mean, moving over to Corey Pronman. Corey Pronman writes for the Athletic. Great prospect guy. Great stuff. If you read stuff from him, I really like the. I really like his work. He had Kravtsov at number eleven. He had Shesterkin at number one, and he had Keandre Miller at forty-seven. No Leah Sanderson on that list. A little different, but still a New York Rangers prospect, number one in the world. Although very different, but still showing how the scouting staff has really started to turn things around in the last few years. Thankfully, it doesn't seem we have another Hugh Jessamine situation on our hands. So, <laughs> Kravtsov at 11. Don't say that name. Shesterkin at 1, and Miller at 47. Very different, and like I said, Nolius Anderson. Jay, I'll start with you on this one. Do you think that there's a case to be made for Igor Shesterkin being the best drafted prospect in the world? Um, as much as I like Igor, I kind of think that's a little much, don't you think? I think with goaltenders, I think you need to he, – he, you can say that he's playing well, and he's going to be good. 
number one's a little much because with goaltenders, you need to see how they do with different styles of competition. And again, it's not this is not a, a thing against Igor Shestyorkin. I think the kid is going to be, you know, you have King Henrik, Prince Igor. Prince Igor's going to take the reins, and, and he's going, as stupid as that sounds, but I mean, if we're in the business of making corny comments, I'll be here all night. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a little, I can understand where Corey Pronman's coming from for the most part. I don't necessarily agree with it, because when it comes to goaltenders, it's kind of like a wait-and-see kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you look at, you know, for example, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a, a player. You look at um, Dan Blackburn. Even though whatever happened to him was not really his fault, but, you know, everyone was really high on him, and then, you know, he just kind of fell off. That might not be the best example, but, you know, it's just kind of also, with goaltenders, you know, with, with the position. He did have a career-ending injury, Dan Yeah, it was Blackburn. a career-ending injury, and it wasn't yeah. really his fault. But but my point is that you just need to wait and see how they are in different styles. And, you know, Igor's playing very well. You have to take into account that he's playing with a very solid team in Russia. But it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that he's not going to be good. It's just I would like to see him come over, maybe play in Hartford, or maybe even back up Lundqvist and carry some of the load, because let's be real here. As much as all of us kind of want Henrik Lundqvist to be gone, I don't want him to be gone. A lot of Ranger fans do for some reason. I don't understand it. Uh, Lundqvist is going to be here for the remainder of his career, so the best thing you can do is to have Shestjorkin there learning under him. That's probably him and Ben Weiler. That's, that, that's definitely something that you can do, but I don't necessarily agree with that he's the best. And Keandre Miller sounds about right. You know, after watching him at juniors, you can tell he needs a little more seasoning. That, he was right on that. So, and with Kratsov at 11, I could, you know, I'm not too upset about that either. I mean, we all know Kratsov's good, you know, so we know that at least he's, you know, top 20 in some list. So it's not too bad. So I don't know. It's not It's not as controversial. I just don't necessarily agree that Shestjorkin could be the number one, but maybe he knows more than I do. Actually, he does know more than me. So maybe, <laughs> you know, his 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 opinion carries more validity, you know, except, you know, sure. me. But I think I think you're right. I think goaltenders sometimes take a while to really show what they got. But in the case of Igor Shestjorkin, I mean, the guy's – every time we hear a piece of news about him, it's some record he's broken or some new shutout streak that he has or some crazy save percentage that he's rocking, like – Every piece of news you hear about this guy is just more positive and more positive and more positive. And, I mean, the Rangers have every reason to think between him and Adam Huska and even Olaf Lindblom, who a lot of people were not happy with, but he's proving that he's a very capable goaltender this year as well. Uh, Goaltending-wise, the Rangers have always done pretty well. So I think that Chesh is going to be fine once he gets over here. Uh, I think it's a really huge thing that Keandre Miller, a converted forward to defense, is already in the top 50 list. Yes, he's not in all of them. And yes, he has struggles and he's raw. But the fact that the kid has already made one of these kinds of lists, and he's probably going to be in Wisconsin for two more years, maybe three, while he fully runs out his game. But the fact that we have a player like that with the athletic capability and the pedigree that he has, it's very good going forward. And, of course, I'm going to touch on Vitaly again. Vitaly is obviously he's an amazing talent. 11 on one list, one on another. The guy is the top 15 pick according to these insiders. Like, He's going to be very good, and maybe next year it might not be the year, you know, people are going to have big expectations on him. But remember, he's still a really young kid, and he's going to grow into his role in time, and he will be a top-line winger for us for a long time. So, Kevin, obviously Pronman's ranking is very different from Buttons. Uh, do you agree that Igor Shashirkin, is there a case to be made that he can be the number one prospect in the world, and do you think that Vitaly Kravtsov, you know, puts him at 11? Uh, is that too low, or is that a good spot for him? 
Well, Sizorskin has only gotten better if you just look at his stats from the past few years. It's just constantly getting better. His goals against is getting lower. His save percentage, percentage is getting higher. And even though he didn't play in any games, he still got a gold medal. He was on the team for a reason. Third string goalie, but, you know, still, like, they wanted him there because they knew he was good. So, you know, even if he didn't play a game, he still got the, the nod to go with them to the Olympics. So I thought that was fantastic just on his part to even get recognized by Russia that's saying, like, hey, look, you're one of the better players, even though, you know, there was no NHL players in the, in, in the Olympics. But, you know, how many Russian goalies are there really in the, in the league? Maybe three or four, right? Something like that. But he's Not too many top Russian goalies, correct, yeah. Of the week. He's getting goaltender of the week. He's getting goaltender of the month. He's getting all these random awards, like you said. And you got to remember, he got picked in the fourth round, 112th overall by the Rangers. So we're really seeing that, you know, we know what we're talking about with goalies with their diamond in the rough. Yes, it takes longer for goalies to get adjusted to, you know, the NHL because it is a smaller rink. You know, same thing with, like you said, for Keandre. You know, he's playing on, he's playing on college hockey ice. That's a regular size ice rink for NHL mm-hmm. standards. So he's going to get used to that easily. But, you know, like, like you know, defense and takes take longer, which the fact that he even got in the top 50 is great on his part. You know, they recognize that he's a good player. And it's just, it's just time. That's what we're going to see. And I really hope the Rangers sign says Jorgen soon because he's still unsigned. And it gets me a little worried now that his contract is up at the end of the year for uh, KH, for the, the for St. Petersburg. So if he comes over next year, which most likely he will, I could definitely see, you know, him and Lundqvist pairing off. It just sucks for Georgiev. I like Georgiev. I think he's a good goaltender. He's not getting enough chances. But he, he's no Igor Shashirkin, though. He's not. He's not. He's still he's still on the yeah. surprise. He's a good backup. Player. I agree. And it's, I think that it's just up to Lundqvist to decide. You know, I, I did want to say one thing about Lundqvist before I continue. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you sure. saw, like, one of the interviews. I forgot what game it was, but it was just in the last week or two. And he just looked defeated. Like, you've never seen Henrik Lundqvist like this. Maybe after the playoffs or maybe after, like, a really tough loss to a good team, but he is just, like, deflated. He's just like, we don't, I don't know what we're doing. You know, we're not playing our game. And then Quinn, like, got, you know, some fire under them by yelling at them during that, during that, uh, that press conference, I guess, or, you know, the interview after the game, the post-game interview. And, you know, then the Rangers started to play like this. But you can't keep doing that. You can't keep yelling at them after every game to, you know, hype them up. And Lundqvist, I feel like, knows this, and he knows what he signed up for. I just didn't think he – I don't think he realized – how hard it was going to be going into this, you know, like he didn't realize, yeah, you know, losing all sure. the time. And most of the time, you know, you giving up four or five goals really isn't, you know, as sustainable as he thought. No. And I mean, of course, this is, this is only going to continue. And Lundquist kind of knows this. He, he, he's been offered to leave and they offered to send him wherever he, you know, he wants, but he, he's one, he wants to stick it out and, you know, you can keep going. Should he be here? Should he continue to be on his team? And I think yes. I think Henrik Lundqvist has deserved to stay here for the rest of his rest of his career. I think he's earned that with everything he's done for this franchise. And yes, some people might say he's hurting their chances at a higher pick, but I I really don't want to see him play anywhere else. I mean, that may be kind of selfish, but that's just no. Me, I you agree know? with you. No, he he asked yeah. for it. You know, they offered him yeah. the out, and he said he wanted to be here. So you know what? If he wants to stay here and ride it out, then you know what? Let's keep it that way. He could still get the out yeah. here. He could still use yeah. to drop the trade clause. I think he's going to stay. And, Kevin, way. to your comments, I think that what the best thing the Rangers should do going forward is you get Shashirkin over here at the end of the season and you have him start splitting time with Henrik Lundqvist next season. I think that's the best thing for this team yeah. going forward. 
And but, even, uh, if, even if he has a bad start to the NHL, you know, Sazerski yeah. getting some Let him adjust. Get him over here. He, is good. he has nothing left to prove playing for Scott. He has no. nothing left to prove. You got to get him over here. You let him play, and you see what he's got because, he, you know, if people are ranking him top 10, top in the world, you know, as a drafted player, you, you need to take, you need to see what he's got. No, no more KHL. He's done everything you possibly do. So, moving on more, more futures, more futures today because the current team gets us so angry. <laughs> well, hmm. moving more on here. Angry, but... I guess, yeah, I guess sad is more of a right. But I mean, we knew this was more coming. We knew this was coming. Yeah, we knew this was coming. So now the reality's kind of setting in. So moving forward, I mean, you've all heard the names. You all know Jack Hughes. You all know Capo Caco. You know those two. You've heard it from us. You've heard it from every sports outlet that they are going to go one and two in the entry draft in 2019. Well, we're here to tell you about three guys who, if we don't get the number one or number two selection, these three guys are guys the Rangers should absolutely target with picks three to five. Obviously, we're assuming the Rangers get a top five pick, but with the way they're playing and the way the rest of the season is shaking out, I think that's a safe bet. What do you both think? Do you think a top five pick is a safe bet here? Yes. I would put money on it. Okay. So we're going to start off with a center from the Saskatoon Blades. This is a guy named Kirby Dak. He is six foot four. He is 198 pounds. He is a center Iceman, and he is my third-ranked prospect in this draft. I think that he is going to be a fantastic number one center for a franchise. Uh, The knock on Kirby Dak is that eating isn't necessarily the quickest. Okay. But his hands, his shot, uh, his physicality. Remember, this is a kid who's 17 years old, and he's 6'4", and he's almost 200 pounds already. This is someone who's not going to be pushed around. And, yeah, he's only going to get bigger. Okay. He, as a 16-year-old last season for Saskatoon, Dak put up seven goals and 39 assists in 46 games, uh, 46 points in 52 games. As a, you know, that is pretty good. For a 16-year-old. Now in his 17 season, he currently has 17 goals and 31 assists for 48 points in 41 games. Powerful center. Sleek hands. A guy that, you know, he sees the ice extremely well. And a guy that is a great setup man. Is a, is a great setup man. And his shot is honestly one of the best in junior hockey. Just an amazing, amazing talent who, you know, Ranger fans, if we fall a little bit and we don't get one or two, this is a guy who I really, really think would be a great target here. So, Kirby Dak. I'm going to go with yeah. JL. Kirby yeah. Dak. Oh, I want JL. <laughs> oh, you, you know what, Kevin? You seem so passionate about Kirby Dak. Let's go. Kevin, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this six foot four, 200 pound center from the Saskatoon Blades? And do you see him fitting in New York? He's. Huge. He's seventeen year old. He's seventeen years old and that big. He's yeah. he's a giant. Uh, you gotta you gotta take it with a grain of salt though. Forty eight points in the WHL in forty one games. You know, obviously it's a little. You can't you can't really say oh he's gonna score that many points each time. But you know, I if you watch any highlights of him, he's just dynamic. But one of my favorite quotes, and I've seen it when I was you know researching him a lot, was offense first mentality. And you know what the Rangers don't have? Any offense for the <laughs> players. All we are is pass first. So if Kirby Dak comes in here with that big body and drives to the net and just decides to shoot, are you going to blame him for shooting the puck? No. no way. I love the fact that he shoots the puck. I love the fact that he can get his stick on the ice quick and just rip a shot off and make the goalie work. That's what the Rangers need to do. This is a good prospect to target. He might not be up here for a year or two, which I have no problem with. If I have no problems with it, yeah. Taking shots. 
But, you know, if he's up, he's going to just light up your to the back of the net. That's what we want. Yeah. Like, we want a guy who can shoot the puck. And that's why and I highly recommend he shoots the puck. If you haven't seen Dak play, please look up some highlights of this kid because his shot is lethal. Oh, this dude is picking corners. It. Yeah, picking corners. Like, great he slap shot, great awareness. Very well. Yes, great awareness of where to be on the ice also. This is a kid. Remember, he's he's a big dude. He's got the size to be a number one center in this league, and I think he has the IQ and the vision to be a number one center in the NHL. So, remember, after Hughes and Kako, the world is not the world doesn't end. Because someone like Kirby Dak could be amazing for the New York Rangers at number three. Uh, now, another elite Canadian center plays for the Lethbridge Hurricanes. His name is Dylan Cousins, who many people feel that this could be the third-ranked guy. He's even, he's even been ranked as high as number two by some people over Capo Caco. Now, another big kid, 17 years old, six foot three, 185 pounds. He plays center. He plays the wing. Uh, last season for the Hurricanes, he had 22 goals and 31 assists for 52 points in 57 games. This Don't season in his draft year. The Carolina Hurricanes, sir. Yes, this the is the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Yes. Now, in his draft season this season, he has 25 goals, 33 assists for 58 points in 43 games. Cousins is tearing up the league. He's a fantastic prospect. Another guy who I think the Rangers would, you know, follow three or four, and he's available – Great. Consider themselves lucky to get Dylan Cousins at that kind of position. Now, J.L., Dylan Cousins, what are your thoughts on this guy, and do you think he would be a good fit in New York? Absolutely. I mean, first of all, he's a right-handed shot, which is something that the Rangers really don't have much of down the middle outside of Zibanejad. And he's definitely, compared to Kirby Dak, he's definitely a little more fleet of foot, and he is a mm-hmm. big boy. So he's not as big because Kirby Dak's six four, and Cousins is six three. Both seventeen years old, both very young. Cousins and seems like he's not. They both shoot right-handed, which is fantastic. Yes. And here's my thing. Even if Cousins isn't the fastest skater, you have to remember, you put him, you put this kid, it seems like with Cousins, he, he knows exactly where to put himself. Like just mm-hmm. watching some of the highlights, he has good hands, and it seems like he's not too bad with his skates. I mean, just sick hands. I mean, all these kids nowadays have great hands. This kid especially has some. But it just seems like he knows where to go. You know, I'm just, you know, from watching some of the highlights that I was doing, I was doing some research, it just seems like, you know, like Dak, it's, it's, it's just offensive first mentality. He's a big body. Now, that I want to put a little more emphasis on because, you know, you look at Mika Zibanejad, and, you know, he's not the smallest guy, but, you know, if not to say that Zibanejad can't be a number one center, ho-ho, controversial topic, but, you know, it seems like these younger kids seem to have more flair when it comes to their skill. And Absolutely. Cody, I think it's he, a great he, way he has to a good it. shot, too. Like, he has a great shot. He knows where to put himself, stands in front of the net, he just fires it from the dot. And, you know, the one thing that the Rangers need more is just size down the middle. Brett Howden's not a small guy, so he's your perfect prototypical, you know, third, fourth-line center. You have Zibanejad at number two. You have uh, either Heedle, who's also not a fluke himself, and Anderson there as well. And then you have Cozens up in front with, like, a Kratzoff. My gosh, that's just I'm, – I'm, like, thinking about potential, you know, just – it's just I can't even talk right because I'm just thinking about yeah. those two on a line just killing it. You put you put these two on a line, Cozens and Kratsov, and then you put like an experienced winger, kind of like what the Maple Leafs did with Marner, Matthews, and, and Marlowe, or maybe just someone who's already there. Forget it. 
this team could they could be pretty good with this kid. I like what I see from this kid. He is all over the place, but in a good way. Right-handed shot, big body, can shoot the puck hard. I like it. Absolutely, I agree. I, I agree with everything you just said because, look, the Rangers have some good center depth. We all know this. Mika Zibanejad's a great player. Phil Peedle obviously plays some center. Leah Aronson's a center. Brian Strom, Nemesnikov, all these guys can play the center ice position. But personally, I don't think that they have that number one. I think Mika Zibanejad is an amazing player. He's on pace for a great amount of points this year, 60 to 70, playing with a revolving door of wingers, it seems, sometimes. Ultimately, though, if this team wants to win a Stanley Cup, I think Zibanejad has to be your number two guy. I think you need a guy who could take it to that level, who has the size, who has the physicality, who has the hands, who can, who can say, give me the puck, and I'm going to take over this game. That's the kind of elite center they're missing. Okay. So when you take Dak and you take Cousins, these two elite Canadian centers who, who have every chance in the world to go three and four in the 2019 draft, I did a little ranking myself. And I, you know, I looked at different categories here. I give Cousins the edge on skating over Dak. I think Cousins is very fast. I think he's very fleet footed. I think he's great on his edges. He's, he's skating wise, I have to give the edge to him. Shooting wise, I couldn't decide. I ranked him equally because. Both of them, Cousins shoots more. He's definitely the shooter out of the two. But when Dak decides to get his shot off, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the way he can pick corners and the way he can see openings. So Dak shoots more, I'd probably give this to him. But the way it's kind of is now, I'd said it was equal. Passing, I had to give it to Kirby Dak. He's an, an amazing playmaker. And I think he's got a little better vision than Cousins does uh, passing-wise. Stick handling, You've both seen what they can do on those highlight reels. You've seen the type of thing, the type of ways they get around defenders, type of things they can do to get themselves in position of score. Really, really difficult to decide, but I don't know. I might have to give the edge to Cousins here. I just think he's very creative. Not to say that Dak isn't, but I think that Cousins is a little more freewheeling than Dak is. Defensively, had to give it to Dak because of his physicality. The guy can shrug people up a lot better than Cousins can. The guy just seems to have this power about him that I think Dylan Cousins has yet to tap into. And hockey IQ, it was really, really close. But I ultimately think Dak is the one who has the better sense of the ice. Not to say that Cousins doesn't, but I think that if it's a, if the pick is at three, I think you need to go with Dak over Cousins just because of the size and the fact that they're so close in a lot of other categories, if you both agree with me on that. Absolutely. Think, think of it this way. Think of it as think of it as like, no matter who they get, you know. Ideally, all of us would you know want Jack Hughes, of course. But you know, Obviously, these yeah. guys they're they're not they're not consolation prizes. These guys are no way know, franchise no way, yeah. defining players. So it wouldn't be any sort of a loss if they missed out on Hughes and ended up getting a Dak or a Cousins because they could probably just be better off. Not to say that, you know, it's no knock on Jack Hughes, but it's just, you know, maybe these guys maybe fit the mold of a Ranger a little more than Hughes would. Absolutely. And it's important to remember here, before we get to our third prospect, the Rangers don't really like picking people from Canadian juniors. They they go a lot. They go the American route. They go the Euro route a lot. So now – who I think they will personally pick. He's not my top choice for this position. I think Dak or Cousins would fit this franchise better moving forward, but there's a case to be made that you can build around some elite wingers. The Vegas Golden Knights are kind of proving that, and the fact that they have a guy like uh, William Carlson as their number one and Paul Stassi as their number two. I don't think either of them are elite number one centers, but they're an amazing 1A, 1B combo. 
And on their wings, you know, you have guys like Riley Smith, Jonathan March or so, Max Pacioretty, uh, Alex Tuck, guys like that who are really producing at a high level. So for the crowd that thinks you can kind of get away with building around a bunch of elite wingers, I present to you the guy who I really think they're going to pick at number three, and his name is Vasily Podkolzin, okay? Now, this guy, I, you can't shake him off the puck. He's six foot one. He's 190 pounds. He's a big kid, and he's, all, he's only 17 years old. He currently plays for Scott in 1946, St. Petersburg in the MHL, which is the Russian Junior League. He looked absolutely dominant at the, at the Holinka-Gretzky tournament. And out of these three that we're talking about, he has the most lethal shot. Oh, it is yeah. absolutely insane how this guy sees the sees these openings and how he's able to rip it at such short notice. He can shrug defenders off like it's nothing. He has this compete level, this drive, this energy that I think the Rangers would benefit from entirely. I mean, this kid, he's a, he's a spark plug, along with being super, super skilled. Think of this guy as Russian Chris Kreider with better hands, better hockey IQ. It's, it's really something to watch this kid play. And he's one you really can't go by these stats because if you just look at his stats, you won't see the full story here. This season in the MHL, he has six goals and two assists for eight points. BHL, he's got a goal for one. You know, he's got one goal in seven games. And in the KHL, he's only played one game. He doesn't have a lot of points. But internationally, this kid just kills it. Five points in 12 games for the Russia U-20 team. 10 goals and five assists for their international junior team at U18s. He knows how to put the puck in and score against people his own age. Now, what's going to happen with Pekolzin is he's going to have to learn how to do it against men, but he has all of the potential in the world. I'm going to let JL go first on this one because I know JL loves Vasily Pekolzin. I know that this is a guy <laughs> who he keeps talking about who he thinks is a prototypical New York Rangers forward. JL, please. Frederick Pekolzin loves. Yes, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Jim, was uh, referring oh, to that, yeah. and I, I decided to look it up. And I won't lie to you, I have to agree with that sentiment. You know, uh, you talk about the Rangers not really picking through the Canadian uh, junior ranks or whatever, but let's be real here. I am on the I am on the train for all these kids, but if if the Rangers ended up not getting the other two, I will not be disappointed if they picked up Vasily Podkolzin. And here's why: like you said, he led the Helinki Gretzky Cup in scoring, and I'm telling you, this kid is an absolute tank. I mean, you know, it, it's like there's something about these Russian kids; they just seem good with the puck, and they're big. I, I don't know what the heck they put in their water over there, but it seems to be working for some reason. But this kid is an absolute tank. I mean, he's playing against kids who. You know, let's be real here. You know, I was watching a clip uh, against I forget what goaltender he was playing against in the United States, but he was he was just uh, not too far from him, but he wasn't too close to him either. And he picked him short side like that was such a lethal shot. And if there's one thing like we said, this team needs is shooters. Now you talk about how Vegas goes along with like one A one B, and you have to remember we the Rangers had that for a very long time in Stepan and Broussard, um, or even like a Dubinsky and a Stepan. They had that, but you have to remember who those guys were with. You could even go as far as to say Rick Nash was a top tier talent, you know, in terms of you know playing with you know playing in the league. Like he was no slouch. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't Columbus Rick Nash, but Rick Nash was no slouch. And then you look at a guy like a Dubinsky who played with a Marion Gabrick. So yes, a team could get away with you know if they 
get an elite winger, you can have like you know number two centers playing on the top line if you have these guys playing. And I really think that if you get a guy like a Pod Colson, you could stick him with like a uh, Zabanajad or even let's say you know uh, Elias Anderson for goodness sake, because those guys are defensive responsibly and they know what they're doing, and these guys can put the finishing touches on it. And this kid, I mean, I am on this train so hard. It will be so cool. If, now, think about it. Now, this is another thing, too. The Rangers are definitely high on Russians. So if they get this kid, they'll have him, they'll have um, Shestyorkin, let's say if they get Panarin, and they'll have Kratsov. I mean, you're talking about um, – and then let's say Igor Rykov comes out and does well. These Russian kids are dominating, and you're going to have a full-blown half of the Red Army team on your roster. So, you know, I, I know I sound like I'm doing a bit much right now, but I'm telling you, this kid is legit. Look, Jail, I don't think I can say it better than you about Put Colson. You I mean, like, I have nothing to say now. He took the Yeah, I mean, look, you love Put Colson. <laughs> He's an amazing player, and I ultimately think, look, you guys know me. People that read the site know me and listen to me. Look, I want this team to have an elite number one center over anything in this world. If I had one pick to, to help this rebuild move forward, it's an elite number one center. You can both agree with me. Just give me a yes or no. Do the, have the Rangers had an elite number one center since Mark Messier? Yes or no? No. 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 Come on. Exactly. And look, as good as Michael Nylander was, as good as Mika Zibanejad is, as good as Derek Broussard and Derek Stepan were, and you can any amount of centers. I'd like people to remember that at one point, the number one center for this team was a guy who was a really amazing in the shootout, who a lot of people don't really remember here. This will go well for JL's, you know, lesser-known Rangers. I already, I already know who you're alluding to, but go ahead and say he it because I love this guy. He could be a number one center, which was absolutely crazy. JL, please tell us the name of this person. I have a feeling you're referring to a gentleman by the name of Mr. Eric Christensen. There you go, Eric Christensen. <laughs> that is the kind of trouble that this team has been in for a while with their looking for a number one center. Now, Zach Cousins, amazing players. And I ultimately think they should really pick one of them over put Colson. But now imagine you have Mika Zibanejad and you have Phil Peedle, who fully grows into his role as, as a really, really good center in this league. Surrounding them, put Colson, Kravtsov, Naren. You're literally building the Russian army on the New York Rangers top six. And look, think about it. Those three can generate so much offense that it could possibly offset the fact that they don't have that elite number one center, but they have an amazing 1A and 1B. Another path through this rebuild, and I think JL would be very happy with that if you guys can already tell. But ultimately, I do think that having one of Dak or Cousins would be the better route because Filipino can move to the wing full-time and be more free-flowing and not have to worry much about the defensive responsibilities. But, I mean, closing thoughts here. Kevin, we'll start with you. If they have the choice of Dak Cousins or Picolson, who do you pick if you're Jeff Gordon and Gordy Clark on draft night? Uh, uh, I think I actually have to go with Vasali. Because, you know, last year I wrote a, an article about uh, the Red Rangers, how all of these Russians are going to come to the Rangers and it's going to be one huge team of just big, scary Russians. And I think that's just fantastic. You know, you have guys that come from the same place, the guys who speak the same language, and they just flow with the chemistry and you just have anywhere fit, anyone fitting into anywhere. And I love his game. He's huge. The only thing he has to do is, you know, stop taking penalty minutes. 
which you know this is this is if the Rangers get like fifth or sixth pick, then I'm then I really would like him. But you know the the hope is first overall. I did want to take Absolutely. a different. I want to take a different route for my closing statement. Yeah, um, go on. I know we're gonna get a first round pick in some sort of form this this trade deadline, and it's most likely gonna be past number sixteen with all these guys going to the playoffs. And one of the guys that I like that I kind of looked at, you know, just doing some research, is a guy by the name of Cole Caulfield. Oh, Kevin, Kevin, let me tell you one thing. Before you start on Cole Caulfield, we're going to get to Cole Caulfield. We're going to get to Matthew Boldy, but save it for next time, man. You're you're moving into my plans for next time. You're moving into my plans, man. I want one thing. I was preparing this. Okay, go ahead. As much as as much as you can't really take stock in the United States national development development team, um, you got to look at this. This kid gets to the puck. This kid makes himself open, and he just pounds it in anywhere on the ice. He takes rebounds. He, Kevin, he he's a fantastic, net. fantastic player. Big. He he's small, gritty, and I really like that about him because he just has a wicked shot. But well, with Kevin kind of spoiling. What we were going to talk about next time with some of the wingers that are a little further down in the draft, you have a little preview of that now. It's more of a a preview than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, so how about this? Yeah, you just ha you just you 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 get the cup of coffee, you get the little taste of it, and then you you know, Kevin can provide a full on thesis next time we do the podcast. Absolutely. Yes. Kevin, I expect you to talk about Cole Caulfield a lot now, by the way. You love this kid. Now I need you to do some I I don't love him, I just like his game. And JL I don't take a lot of stock in the development team. True. But you actually should, and I'm going to tell you why, but that's next time. More preview anyway. No, I want to know The Rangers have the third pick in the draft. Hughes and Kako are both gone. But Bolson, Dak, and Cousins are all sitting there for Gordon and Gordy Clark. Who is your pick? Although I probably already know what the answer is. You know what? I don't think you do, because here's, here's what I'll tell you. It, it's, it, here, let, let, let's break this down real fast. So this all depends on who or what ends up happening once they decide to trade everyone because you never know they can end up making a trade for somebody that can fill a certain position. Now, that being said, if they make a trade and they find they somehow end up finding a center that can fill the first line role, then yes, more than likely you go with Pod Colson. But but if you're the Rangers and you want to be bold, if you have Artemi Panarin waiting on the uh, waiting on the market, which it seems more than likely he could sign here, but you never know. We also have Vitaly Kratsov coming in. Why not take a chance on Kirby Dak, a big-bodied center you can just throw on the first line, mm-hmm, stick him with a Kratsov? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why not? Well, you know, well, like you well, said, well, the Rangers haven't. What going to be? What's that? <laughs> I already knew who Russell was going to choose before he even. Decided to talk about this. Well, remember, well, I, mean, I didn't he, give he my pick. Number three, number three on my list is Kirby Dak. That's what. Yeah, I kind of gave it away, but I'll go into it a tiny bit more on my end. Yes. Yeah. I think the, so. Yeah, I, that, I think that's, that's, you know. So that's usually what you know. That's what I would do, honestly. If you yeah, you're trying to get a center, right. and they need a center, so why not go yeah. Kirby Dak? You know, but if anything, if it's not Dak, it's Pod Colson. Nothing against my my thing would be Dak. Uh, Pod Colson and then Cousins. That would be Ooh. the three that I would want to see them go after. I like it. I like it. So obviously, you know who it is for me. The man from Saskatoon, the guy who I think would be a fan favorite in New York for years. 
a guy who I would, oh, my God. Imagine Panarin, Dak, and Kravtsov playing together on a top line for a Stanley Cup contender in just a few years. I would be fantastic. Obviously, we won't want Hughes or Kako. If it doesn't happen, Kirby Dak would be an amazing – I'm not even going to call him a consolation prize because the guy is a top prize. He's an amazing, amazing talent. I personally have Dak at three. I have Cousins at four and put Colson at five. Uh, I, I really do think they need an elite center, but, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the scout. I'm not the gym. We'll see what they do on draft night. So, thank you all for joining us. Obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of conjecture, a lot of stuff about the future. We're kind of going to continue this in the next few shows. We're going to talk about prospects. We're going to talk about what the Rangers should do going forward because, obviously, you don't need us to tell you that the current team is bad. You guys are seeing that every week. So, we're going to try to give you some stuff looking forward <laughs> towards the future. So, as Kevin so, you know, made it a preview of sorts, next time we're going to take a look at some of the guys a little further down the draft, kind of the 6 to 10, 6 to 12 spots. Paul Caulfield is among them. Matthew Boldy is among them. Philip Roberg, Bowen Byron. We're going to give you all this information as the weeks go by, as possible guys that the Rangers can pick, depending on how they finish. So, Kevin, Jail, thank you so much for joining me today, and we'll see you guys again in two weeks. And, oh, Hank Watch, the Flyers won, the Senators won. Each of those kind of gets us closer to the bottom, closer to getting one of these guys we've been talking about. Have a good few weeks, everyone. We'll see you in two. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.